Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. In the book of Acts, before the word Christian even existed, there was this um, uh, phrase called people of the way, people who are on the journey together, people who are uh, moving together on on the liberating love of Jesus, as as was described through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, people of the way. However, eventually, uh, the people of the way uh, became codified with with creeds and beliefs, with with bulleted lists that say like, okay, this is what we believe, and if you don't believe this, then you're out. And what I love about this scripture, what I love about 2 Corinthians is that it talks about God as a God of comfort. And it begs the question for me, what would happen if instead of Christians being identified with creeds, were identified by a common comfort? What if Christians said, like, we're not going to police the boundaries of our beliefs, of who gets in and who gets out. Rather, we are going to say, if you find comfort in the love of God, then that is what makes you Christian. What if what if Christianity was something that was like a felt experience that, that we, we said like, well, if you are feeling a certain type of consolation, if God is showing up to you in a certain kind of way, then that means that you're in. <laughs> like, what, what if all of the factions and, and separations and schisms of, of Christianity could still hold together an understanding that there is a certain comfort that we receive. And if we hold to that comfort, it changes everything. And if we lose track of that comfort, then nothing else is going to moor us back in the love of God. The word for comfort here in Greek, um, I, uh, par- I believe is paraklesis, which is, I believe, related to the word paraclete, uh, the word that Jesus used for the Holy Spirit, which is sometimes why the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. Like, like, like. <laughs> imagine if if Christians were identified by their comfort. Um, imagine if instead of the Nicene Creed, uh, uh, where we had a bunch of like mostly just guys come together to decide. Uh, the beliefs of Christianity, we we had a, a council of people saying, how is it that we can understand that the Holy Spirit is the spirit that meets us in our bodies? How is it that through community we can have a deeper incarnate experience, a deeper uh, uh, sense of Jesus living in our bodies than was possible before? What if church was the gymnasium where we practiced love training for how the love of God could like could be manifested in our bodies. Imagine if Augustine, instead of writing all of this like super body negative stuff about how we have to like suppress the body and control the body and hate the body, what if he gave that pen to his mom, uh, who like any mother knows knows that that the the experience of love and the experience of pain can be experience, can be felt at the same time and that our comfort in God doesn't mean that there is an absence of pain it rather means that there is the presence of a driving love 
that wildly moves through us, that wildly connects us to the world, that, that knits us together in ways that we can't otherwise have imagined. Like, ima imagine if Augustine gave that pen over, right? Imagine if the, the, the core identifying uh, marker of a Christian was not the question, what do you believe, but rather the question, in whom do you find comfort? How different our world would be uh, in, 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 um, in us as a people. And I believe that throughout the history, we, like all people of faith, in the witness of the Old Testament and New Testament, have stumbled along our way while God's grace continued to guide us. But just because Western Christian, mostly men, didn't want to write that history doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit wasn't insisting on, on a witness of being a God of comfort. In every uh, uh, era of Christianity, we have writings, we have texts, we have uh, an understanding of, of God being a God who soothes us, who meets us in our bodies, who... Uh, um, um, uh, is so intimately known to us that some Christian writers, especially in like the medieval era, okay, things got freaky in the medieval era. Some Christian writers were like, like it's almost like a sexual knowing of God uh, is is the the comfort of God, and and of course like lots of like uh, other uh, uh, officials and and people who were in charge were like, okay, we can't have that. Nope, we're not going to deal with that. <laughs> We're just gonna we're just gonna leave that out, and I'm sure that won't have like tons of traumatic ramifications for generations to come or whatever. Um, but there was always a witness of people who were like, there is a God who is like deeply felt, and 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 a God of comfort that I can like have access to, that I can tap into, that I can somehow like come to understand. And know deeply, not just saber, which is to like to know a fact, but conocer, to know as a person, to know intimately. Like, there is a way to do that. This is like the, the mechanisms of mysticism of, of what God offers in our body. What if that was possible? And I believe in this text, there is, uh, there's a witness, there is precedence, there is biblical precedence to, to understanding that, that God can be a God of comfort. Um, uh, one time I was living in India, in Dharamsala, India, the, in the northern area in the, uh, where the Tibetan um, Buddhists live. It's uh, where the Dalai Lama has one of his homes, permanent homes, residencies. And um, I was studying abroad with uh, a, a guy. So the thing about studying abroad in India is that you tend to, um, the, the students who study abroad in India tend to have um, a very like open-mindedness to a lot of things. Uh, uh, open-mindedness to like uh, sex and drugs and, uh, uh, but also like lots of different schools of thought and study and kind of this, the people who, the Americans who study abroad in India tend to be like, like, hey, I'm just here for the journey <laughs> kind of vibes. And so, um, so I was talking to one of my friends, um, and by the way, like, I just had such an amazing 
uh, semester with with the, those folks. I don't I don't mean that open mindedness with any type of derogatory connotation. Like I, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, uh, and so I was talking to one of the, the friends that I studied abroad with, and I was like, so talk to me about your journey with drugs. Like, why, uh, like why drugs? Like, uh, what does it give you? What does it not give you? Like, what is the story of, of the role that drugs has in your life? And I mean that from just like a totally curious, like, drugs aren't part of my story, so I just can, I, I'm just curious and want to hear. And he was like, um, so the reason why I do drugs, and by the way, like searching for drugs in India, and I'm like, is, is that, I don't know if that's like a super good idea, but um, uh, if you're in another country, try not to like break the laws of that country. So he was like, I, I just, um, when I do certain drugs, like the drugs that I do, it's because I want to like, kind of just like settle in and like have an experience of reality and like, um, just like, like all of a sudden be like fascinated by like small things and just like have this like connection moment where I'm connected to all of the universe. And I'm like, wow, that's so rad. Also, like, that's what connecting to God feels like to me. <laughs> like my, my spiritual practice, my like the disciplines of prayer and communion reading the Bible and like, that's kind of like the end game, the physical like goal of, 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 of a lot of my spiritual practices, like to be able to abide with a God of deep connection and presence, a God who's totally with love, a God who is saying like, can you just like slow down for a second and like notice the amazing parts of the world? And, and, um, and, uh, and so it was just, it was just kind of like a funny moment of friendship, but, um, and, and we continue to be friends, the, that friend that I had that conversation with, but it's like, um, I guess like the, the benefit that I like about, um, ecstasy and religion is like, um, you can bring it anywhere and it's free and it, and there's no side effects. <laughs> Like, there's a certain type of, like, spiritual knowing that's, like, uh, a certain, like, subtle ecstasy that if you cultivate, like, eventually brings you to a place of, like, whoa, I'm feeling good. I am, there is, like, an intimacy with God. And, and sometimes it's, um, and for, I know that for those of you who are new to Christianity, perhaps those of you who are tuning into this worship service because you want to vote for Sisters Camelot, you're like, what is this being talked about right now? <laughs> but, but like, eventually, if you lean into these spiritual practices, there starts to be kind of this like, uh, uh, flavor, this like scent, this like tint of life of, of how like slowly, slowly, you're starting to see how the love of God is completely shaping all of who you are and everything that you see, like your experience of the world is like, it just qualitatively starts to shift. And, um, and of course, like from a, a Christendom perspective, that's extremely frustrating because it's not like, you know, like ABC, I believe, I believe, I believe. And therefore like, uh, we can stack on this and, and we can scale this and we can turn into like a 
megapolis and like a franchise with our church because it's like boom 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 there's a certain type of like wild mysticism in christianity that um that has really like compelled me to follow jesus deeper and deeper and it's something that is deeply personal that but also held in community um uh i, th I think that there's a There is a suffering that comes with it, though. In the reading that we have today, it talks about the God of comfort. But right in juxtaposition to it, we see uh, 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 the author, Paul, talk about a certain type of suffering. Now, Paul, of course, uh, author of uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and many, though not all, of the letters in the Bible, um, uh, was a church planter. Like Paul went around and was like, hey, I have some good news. And then the people were like, hey, we should do this. And like uh, became a church planter and Paul moved around a lot. And so when we say this reading is from Corinthians, that means it's a letter to the people of Corinth. Um, and, and Paul talks about suffering it, almost in the same breath. Because what Paul is pointing out is that like where you choose to receive your suffering or, no, I'm sorry, where you choose to receive your comfort determines the type of suffering that your life will be characterized by. Uh, there is no escaping from suffering. It's more like, where are we going to, what type of suffering are we going to pursue? And Paul makes a case really throughout 2 Corinthians that the suffering of Christ, which is to say like the full dedication of your life for the liberating love of the world, for the liberation of all of God's creation, the love that brings us alive and, and uh, animates all of life, like that is a comfort that is worth suffering for in ways that no other source of comfort is. Um, the love of Christ brings a lot of suffering. I mean, Paul himself uh, was church planting and he planted this church. And, um, and, you know, it was kind of one of those, like you go on a first date and it was like, wow, amazing. Can't wait to text. This is going to be great. Like, when is the second date? And then, like, Paul keeps moving on. And then some, like, grumbling starts happening and some, like, deeper, you know, like, when you get into a, a, a longer-term friendship or romantic relationship, it starts to be like, oh, I'm still human and they're still human and we're, we still have, like, our stuff to deal with. So that's what ha happened with Corinthians. Like there was like this like huge, like, yay, everything's great. And then as Paul kept moving on, people started to become obsessed with money. People started to become obsessed with ego. I know that none of you can relate to this in any of your organizations or movements. So just try to stay with me. There are people who make even uh, uh, noble causes about themselves. I know that you'll never uh, be able to relate to this. So, so uh, Paul is writing back and is like, hey, y'all doing okay? Like, just keep the main thing the main thing. Keep your focus on the focus. Um, and I just, like, really, I don't know. I think that it's really telling on, on, on Paul's witness through Corinthians because he's saying, like, I love God so much and I'm spreading the love of God. And because I spread the love of God, I'm committed to it. I'm taking upon myself the work of justice, community building, and like the fruition of all creation, which does require a certain degree of suffering. There is a certain like, another metaphor is like there is a certain cross to bear uh, at, in doing that work. 
and that's not like despite of the comfort that we receive from God, but it's like kind of like a natural outgrowth of God. Like if I seek uh, comfort in God and find out that God is loving and with me and in all of creation and all of a sudden like all of my understanding of the world is starting to change. And then I see areas of the world where I'm not seeing the love of God honored. I'm not seeing God's children receiving the dignity and, and affection that they deserve. I'm, I'm seeing systems that continue to brutalize us. I'm, that necessarily troubles my newly awakened soul in a way that I can't not attend to those things. And so, like, grounded in love and looking out at, at the deep despair of the world, I, I begin to be compelled out. And, the, and I think that that's what the church is, 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 a, is a space at its best that can be a gymnasium for love training, a, a space for us to say, uh, remind me again where my comfort comes from, remind me again what the main thing is, and then in community looking out at the world and saying, like, okay, so what are we going to do about this? Like, what is God calling us to, how is God calling us to act in the face of such amazing oppression and despair that's going on in the world? And, and that's how we can be people who do not lose hope. Um, because we start with, uh, with rela a relational love of God. We start with a, a deep mystical knowing of God. And, uh, and that means that, like, when things go great, we say, like, this is an outbreaking of God's grace in the world. Hallelujah. And when things don't go great, it's like, well, yeah, but my comfort is still here. Like, my anchoring in the spirit is still here. And that is a certain type of encouragement that nothing that's happening in the systems of violence that we are experiencing can take away. There's a certain type of boldness and courage that, uh, that comfort gives us that allows us to endure a measure of suffering that we wouldn't have been able to understand before. And so um, I want to uh, close in a, in a prayer exercise. I had like many other uh, 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 points, but I feel like there's kind of a word emerging right now where it's like the, 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 the love and the, the comfort that you receive from God is what will uh, allow you to go out into the world. And uh, whenever you're feeling burned out, that's usually an indication that you need to get back in touch with the love on your, uh, that God has put on your heart. Uh, whenever you're feeling like, man, I'm just stretched way too thin, or I'm just like way too uh, uh, all over the place, or I'm saying yes to way too many things, or I'm not showing myself the love that I deserve, or I'm not showing my partner or my neighbor or my homeless neighbor the love that they deserve, that usually is is a call for you to return to uh, a love that is imprinted on your heart to return to the voice of wisdom and, and fullness and abundance so that you can uh, get in touch with yourself again. And so uh, a prayer exercise that I like to do for that um, is kind of a riff off of square breathing. Do y'all remember square breathing? For those of you who have gone through some therapy, this is, this is a helpful exercise where basically you like breathe in for, you know, a certain number of counts, hold the breath for that many counts, breathe out for that many counts, hold the breath for that many counts. So like just to practice, we'll uh, breathe in for five, four, three, two, one, hold for five, four, three, two, one, exhale for five, four, three, two, one, and hold. 
for five, four, three, two, one. You get, you, you understand the exercise? Does that make sense to you? So as is the case for any of the things that I learn, learn in therapy, which I love therapy, um, I always am trying to think like, how can I, how can I wrap this in the beauty of the gospel? How can I infuse this with a, a praise and a desire for God? How can I inject a hallelujah into everything that I do? And uh, so with square breathing, um, I kind of think about like um, for inhale, for the inhale action, I pray, I receive your love, God. For the whole, I pray, I cherish your love, God. For the exhale, I pray, I, I wish your love for the world. And for the whole, I pray, I wait for you, God. So receive, cherish, send out to the world, and wait. So I would like us to just practice that um, as a community right now. We're going to do it uh, where there's just five counts like I was doing before, five counts for each part of the square. And then um, I just want you to pay really subtle attention to like how your body feels as you're doing this, how your shoulders feel, uh, how your lungs feel and your ribs, like how you're connecting to the room, how you notice the temperature, um, all of that. So let us pray. Breathing in, we receive your love, God. Five. We cherish your love. We wish your love for the world. And we wait. Once more, receive. Cherish. Send out. And wait. You know that, like, I mean, I'd be curious in the chat how, how you feel about it. Oh, I like this prayer. Yeah, breathing can be so hard. Breathing in life, and it's hard to welcome life sometimes. Yeah, I would love to see your comments more on, on what do you think of this. But um, for me, like, I just feel like the world just got a little bit more in focus. And I feel like that that's evidence that my body's response is to be in a contemplative mode you know like i was built to take those types of breaths and make those types of prayers so grateful for that uh, let us know in the chat what do you think about it and let's continue our worship service <laughs> 